0: This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Oh, people, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. I'm saying that, let's talk just and I forgot what time it was. It is 5 o'clock on a Saturday. And if you've listened before, or if you've not listened before, you should know by now. That means that it is time for what I learned this week On TikTok. Now, you might be new to the show, might be uh, listening for the first time. How it works is, well, it's very simple. I, as a 51-year-old man, spend way too much time on that TikTok app. But it's because, in the process, I just learn so much. And so I take what I have learned in the course of the week, and we use it in this segment. I will give both Jacob and Julian four pieces of information one of which is something I truly learned this week on TikTok and is a true fact, is an actual fact. Three other pieces of the information that I give them will be completely made up, and they have to decipher which is which. Now, we've been talking a lot about the Yankee offense and the futility, and it's interesting we segue into this segment because, well, Julian's done a decent job. Jacob, on the other hand, little Josh Donaldson in Jacob's performance, if we're, if we're, if we're going to be honest.
2: Uh, so, guys, are
1: you ready for another edition?
2: I am ready. I'm all Let's the way ready.
1: Let's Do this. All right. Uh, who's going first? Jacob, Julian. Who who who's who's batting lead off tonight?
2: I guess I went first the last couple times. Uh, yeah, and had that work out? Not pretty good. You might okay. wanna, you might want to slide me down a lot. All
1: right, we'll slide you down to two there, Aaron Judge. Uh, all right, Julian, you're first up. Here we go. Um, okay, first one. It is illegal to wear camouflage in Jamaica. Number two, the official language of Mexico is actually English. Number three, women in Saudi Arabia can fly planes but not drive cars. And number four, Greece banned all black cars in 2018. So to recap one more time for the listening audience and for Julian as well. One, it's illegal to wear camouflage in Jamaica. Number two, the official language of Mexico is actually English. Number three, women in Saudi Arabia can fly planes but not drive cars. And number four, Greece banned black cars in 2018. So, my, Feeling strongly about anything there? Yeah. My okay. strongest picks would be one and two. Okay. That's always what they say on a multiple-choice question. You narrow it down to two. You eliminate two. So now it's, it's a 50-50 proposition. And
2: now out of those two... Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna go with the uh, second one.
1: The official language of Mexico is English.
2: Yeah, that seems like one of those weird facts. That okay, be are
1: you gonna correct. lock it in, my friend?
2: Yeah, let's lock that one in.
1: That would be incorrect. No, the, uh, the actually Mexico does not have an official language. You might think it was Spanish, but no, it's they, they don't have an official language. That's one I just kind of tricked you on there. Uh, all right, so uh, you got the other three still available. Do you want to go to the one that you, you know, were close on? You want to re- reevaluate things? However you want to go. You tell me. You're in the driver's seat, my friend.
2: Um, yeah, I'll I'll go with my second gut answer. Okay, second choice was is
1: illegal to wear camouflage in Jamaica. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna lock in. Lock it in. Alright, we got the sound effect ready to go. No, that's also incorrect. Maybe it's batting leadoff. Maybe that's the problem, for Jacob. Maybe today Jacob is just going to just take me to the cleaners now that he doesn't have the pressure of uh, going first. All right, so now we're down to two for Julian. Women in Saudi Arabia can fly planes but not drive cars. And number four, which is now number two, uh, Greece banned black cars in 2018.
2: Out of those two, I'm going to go with uh, four, the Greece banned. Greece banned yeah. black
1: cars in 2018. Yeah. Locked in?
2: I'm going to lock it in.
1: No, I'm sorry. That's also incorrect. There was a country that did b- ban them, but it was not Greece. I don't know what country it was. Uh, no, women in Saudi Arabia can actually fly planes, but they are not uh, not allowed to uh, drive drive cars. A little, uh, little known fact. So you got to get from place to place, just hop in the plane. I guess that's the—I'm not sure. All right, Jacob, you're uh, ready to go now here, pal? I'm as ready as I'm going to be. All right. Well, look, there's no way you can really truly prepare for this. Unless you were just to spend... I mean, I can't imagine how long you'd have to spend on TikTok to be able to see more stuff than I saw. But
2: I mean, I would not be sitting here if I did that.
1: Right, your <laughs> eyes would bleed. You'd have so much... All right, here we go. Number one, the doctor who discovered that hand-washing killed germs died after a surgery in which the doctor did not wash his hands. Number two, fish fossils have been found in the Himalayan mountains. Number three rats multiply so quickly that in 18 months two rats could have up to 50 million descendants or number four jigsaw puzzles are banned in north korea because kim jong-il not kim jong-un kim jong-il was terrible at them so to recap one more time for the listening audience and for jacob who is working through working through the process there the doctor that discovered hand washing and killed germs died after uh, a, a surgery in which the doctor did not wash his hands. Another doctor didn't wash his hands. Number two, uh, fish fossils have been found in the Himalayan mountains. Number three, rats can multiply so quickly that in 18 months, if you had two, you know, fairly productive rats, you could have up to 50 million descendants. Or jigsaw puzzles are forbidden, banned in North Korea because Kim Jong-il was terrible at it.
2: All right, so I was at first I was gonna go with the rats. Yeah. Uh, I, I heard you read it again twice, and yeah, the number's is kind of out. That number is kind of ridiculous. Fifty um, million. Fifty it does million does seem high. Like I, I, I know rats do reproduce a lot, but fifty million in eighteen months. Right. It, it almost is unbelievable. So
1: now you have to keep in mind: descendants means that the ones that they produce also mm. can produce. So don't I don't want you to you know. Okay. It's not just the two themselves. It's all you know. It's the whole family. Okay, the family mm-hmm. tree of rats. The gross tree that is.
2: Listen, I'm just going to go. Make it vomit. <laughs> yeah, just think about it, especially in okay. this, in this city. Avoided. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to go with Jigsaw. Jigsaw, jigsaw puzzles. puzzles, Kim Jong-il. Mm. Yes, they were banned. I'm going to lock that one in.
1: Uh, locked it in. All right. No, that that is one I just completely (laughs) made up out of my own head. Um, (laughs) Well, I thought it was the
2: other one that you made up out of your head, right? Yeah, no, Kim
1: Jong Il. I don't. I have no idea. Like he, like if you ever go to his Wikipedia page, he's been known to like he had like 18 holes in one in golf, and I think he also uh, credits himself with uh, creating the burrito. He was an interesting cat, that dude. (laughs) But I don't know if he had anything against jigsaw puzzles.
2: I mean, somebody out there does. I know somebody does. Sure. But, all Just right, go with the rats. Let's, you go with the rats. Let's just knock them out, yeah. 50
1: million descendants.
2: 50 million descendants. Locked in? Lock it in.
1: I mean, you'd have to have some Viagra. No, the uh, rats, <laughs> no. They're not 50 million. I think, they could, I think the number I saw was uh, 1 million in 18 months. Mm. That's still a lot, but no, it's not 50 million.
2: Yeah, see, I knew 50 million was a too All much. right,
1: so now you're down to uh, the doctor who discovered hand-washing killed germs, died after a surgery in which the doctor did not wash his hands. Uh, and number two, fish fossils have been found in the Himalayan mountains.
0: Hmm.
2: This is it's a toss-up. 50-50, <laughs> absolutely. Which 50 is going to save me, though? I'm going to go with the doctor that did not wash his hands after surgery.
1: All right. Locked in? Lock it in. Hopefully the Yankee offense is a little bit better than you two because (laughs) so so far you're both overflamed. Actually, the doctor that discovered hand washing, his his name is very difficult to pronounce. I'm not going to butcher it now. Uh, He did not die after uh, that, but he he was so ostracized that uh, he was actually checked into a mental institution. Look at these idiot Yankee fans not booing uh, Altuve. I mean, what a bunch of losers you are. He is so far in your heads, and your heads are so far up your you-know-whats. Who cares? Boo him. What do you think? Oh, oh who's uh, Altuve? Is booing me. I'm, I'm going to really focus now. I think he's pretty focused. He's really good. You know what? I hope he hits a home run. How about that? I hope you don't boo him, and I hope he hits a home run, you idiots. Oh, don't boo him. Oh, let's be quiet. Let's be quiet. huh? do it. Sorry, I digress. So you guys are now <laughs> 0 for 6. All right. Um, I guess we got time for a couple more, right? You, you guys want to go solo here again, or you want to team up and, and try to and take it down that way? Uh, let's, I, it's up to you guys.
2: I wouldn't mind a solo. That's fine. Why not? You're
1: going to do a solo. All right, here we go. I'll give you one more solo here. You want it? You got it.
2: Yeah, if I crash and burn, I crash
1: and burn. Right. <laughs> it, there's nowhere to go but up, right? Uh, All right, here we go. Uh, Number one, Nikola Tesla planned to marry a pigeon, but he died before the plans were finalized. Number two, the Netherlands has no mosquitoes, and scientists are not really convinced, and and, uh, I don't know the right way to put it. they, they, They are not sold on a reason why. There's some debate about why there's no mosquitoes, but there's no mosquitoes in the Netherlands. Number three, British horses must own a passport, Or number four, while bloodhounds, their ability to smell is one million times greater than humans, the dung beetle is five times greater than a bloodhound's. So those are your four. Nicola Tessa planned to marry a pigeon but died before the plans were finalized. Number two, the Netherlands has no mosquitoes and scientists. I'm not really sure why. Uh, Number three... British horses must own a passport. And number four, a bloodhound's ability to smell is one million times greater than humans, but the dung beetle is actually five times greater than the bloodhounds.
2: All right, I think I'm going to go first.
1: Okay, give it to me.
2: I think it's the horses need passports.
1: Passports, okay.
2: I did see something online probably. All right. Now, are
1: you are you doing this one solo, or is uh, is Julian part of this?
2: I'm going to take this one solo.
1: Well, You're uh, taking it solo. You're that I... confident, huh? You're yeah. going to lock it in?
2: I'm going to lock it in. He's a little busy on the phone, so All right. I'm just going to lock this one in.
1: Yes, that is absolutely right, my friend. What, look at that. That's what happens when you show confidence in yourself. Yes, British uh, horses have to uh, own passports. I don't know if they have to have pictures on them, right?
2: Yeah, I didn't see, the only reason why I went with that is because I did see a video of uh, the bear in the Army. And he he needed a passport uh, after, uh, I think, his first couple years in service. So that's literally the only reason why I went with that. All right, well, look, hey,
1: whatever works, works. All right, well, you you knocked me out there. I got one more for you. I'll give it to you here. Okay. Uh, All right, here we go. Number one dart frogs are the most effective hunter in the animal kingdom. Number two, squirrels cannot die from falling. Number three, alpacas are the only animals that do not yawn. Or number four, during World War II, the US trained sharks to carry bombs. So all uh, four are animals. One, dart frogs, most effective hunter. Number two, squirrels cannot die from falling. Number three, alpacas are the only animals that do not yawn. Or number four, during World War II, the U.S. trained sharks to carry bombs.
2: Uh, the only one that jumped out to me is dart frogs. Uh, okay. Are the most prominent, what was it, hunters?
1: Yeah, effective hunters. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yes. 95% of what they hunt, they kill.
2: Okay, yeah, I believe it.
1: All right, lock it in.
2: I am going
1: to lock it in. No, that's incorrect. Now you're right back to where you were before. No, the dark frogs. Actually, I believe it's the dragonfly is uh, considered the most effective hunter hmm. in the animal kingdom. I would wouldn't, wouldn't have thought that one either, right? right? Exactly. Uh, all right, so then you got squirrels cannot die from falling, alpacas, the only animals that don't yawn, or during World War II, the U.S. Uh, had trained sharks to carry bombs.
0: <coughs>
2: World War II shark. I... I am. I'm going to just say squirrels cannot die from falling. Uh, I, I don't know. I've never seen – I've seen squirrels on the floor. Don't get me wrong, but I haven't seen squirrels fall and die, I guess. That's All my right. logic, and I'm going to stick with it. Stick
1: with it. Well, however you get there, you get there. And you're right. Yes, squirrels cannot die from – they would have to fall from such a height. I think it's like 4,000 miles that they would die of starvation. Because of their size and their body types, they cannot, they cannot fall fast enough – to uh, injure themselves or to to die as a result of their injuries. So, yes, squirrels cannot die from falling. So there you go. That, my friends, is what I learned this week on TikTok. And now, because of this segment, you have learned it too. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll check in on the Yankees and the Astros. They are underway at the stadium. Plus, we got to get into the football with the Jets and Giants. Lots to do. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM and the all-new ESPN New York app.
0: This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Now,
1: I have to tell you people, mistakes were made. Mistakes were made in our latest edition of what I learned on TikTok. So I apologize to Julian. There was one one series of uh, questions where really you could not have gotten it wrong because I screwed up with uh, it's illegal to wear camouflage in Jamaica. It actually is illegal to wear camouflage in Jamaica. So that was actually true. I had that as false. And it's also, uh, since 2019, women have been allowed to drive cars in Saudi Arabia. So that was also wrong. Now, fortunately for Julian, he got it wrong anyway because he said the official language of Mexico was uh, English. I think that that was the first one he picked.
2: But do we go, now do we go back and vacate all your uh, questions? And no, with-
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. I believe that those are the only ones that I got wrong. At least those are the only ones that people have pointed out to me are wrong.
2: Okay, because I don't want to you know, I don't want to feel like I'm targeted or lost for no reason. Right.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. And look, these things happen sometimes. You know, I I blame the researchers of the show. Uh, They are the ones that they will remain nameless, much like the Yankees analytic people. You don't know who they are. They're just making major decisions that impact you. That's the same thing here. So uh, I blame all the researchers for what I learned on TikTok. Now, you might be saying, but it's what you learned. No, no, no. There's there's other people. I just not going to name them here. But I wanted to make sure that I, uh, I got it right. So if you're going to Jamaica anytime soon, make sure you leave your camouflage at home. It's illegal. I saw, I read that about someplace else, and I just said, ah, you know, Jamaica, they are relaxed They're not gonna, because it was it was like a thing about the army, for whatever other country. I didn't think, you know, Jamaica, you go there, you relax. Everybody relax. I didn't I didn't know that uh, it was the same thing. My bad, my bad, as they say. All right, one eight hundred nine one nine. ESPN is the telephone number. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven. 7 6. Yankees moved to the bottom of the first. Still scoreless there. Cole gave up a couple of uh, base runners in the first inning. A hit batter, a base hit to Bregman, but works out of it. So scoreless as they head to uh, the bottom of the first inning. But let's get into some football stuff because uh, let's be honest. You know, like you have to appreciate things every day. You can't take things for granted because life flies by. And if you're not appreciating the beauty of the times, you're going to miss it. And let's be honest. It's still very early on in the football season. We're only at week seven. But after the last five years for the Jets and Giants, week seven, there's been plenty of times where the seasons are already all but done by week seven. So the fact that that is not the case this year, we have to be appreciative. Now, we get the Jets and Broncos on Sunday. Our pregame coverage here on 98.7 gets underway at 2 o'clock. And as I mentioned earlier, this week it's kind of a shift. This is a game coming into this game after the last couple of weeks and how the team has looked that you felt confident about. And now with the news today that Russell Wilson is going to be out, this is absolutely a game the Jets should win. Here's the thing. And the Jets really have not had one of those games so far this year where you, where you went into it. You said, no, they should definitely win this game. But that's kind of the, like starting to have some expectations that's one of the first stages where you think okay I, I, I kind of know what my team is and I think that my team matches up well against this team and you'd have to say right now the Jets defense going up against this Broncos offense that's one thing if you're a Jet fan you have to like like Scott Van Pelt has like the best thing that I've seen this weekend or whatever it is the, the Broncos offense would qualify every single week for the worst thing I've seen this weekend they would be running that back every single week. Remember they had like the plays of the week and it was the butt fumble and it was like for two straight months? That would be the Broncos' offense. The Broncos' offense is the butt fumble of offenses right now in the NFL. It's terrible. It's terrible. And, and you look at the moves that they've made and the contract that they gave Russell Wilson, boy, whoo, that one, it's gotten very ugly very quickly. So, But look, that doesn't matter to the Jets. Russell Wilson's out. Brett Rippon is in. This is absolutely a game the Jets should win. And, and I think that's kind of where it starts. Unfortunately, I don't know if I'm getting sucked in to the, the Jets hoopla, which you have to be honest, Jet fans are the most manic fan base in this town. I've broken down this before. Nick fans are the most endlessly optimistic. If things are going well, They expect, I mean, look last year, right? Bing bong, right? One game into the season, and they're going to the championship. And when things are going poorly, which they've done a lot here the last, you know, uh, not the last couple of years, but, you know, before that, uh, Nick fans always think they're going to turn around. Nick fans are the most endlessly optimistic about their team. Jet fans are the most manic. When things are going well, it's not good, it's great. And when it's bad, it's worse. So it's either Super Bowl, playoffs, here we come, or fire everybody. Yankee fans, unfortunately, now have become the most endlessly negative. I mean, you listen to Yankee fans, you would think the team finishes in last place every single year. And then Met fans, I think you'd say Met fans have the biggest glass chin. They're the ones that will tell you, oh, no, this time it's different, this time it's different, this time it's different. And then when it's not different, they'll say, oh, no, I knew that was going to happen. So they're all well and good. And then as soon as it really goes south, they say, oh, no, no, I knew that. That's what it is being a Met fan. But with the Jets, I don't know if I'm getting sucked into the manic area of it, because you, I almost want to suggest, and, and God bless Greeny, he's a great Jet fan, he he lives and dies with the team, but his promos, I listen to the promos. One week it's like, oh my God, this Jets team is a disaster, and now it's like they're going to the Super Bowl. You got it. What a job Joe Douglas has done. How has he done it? Well, he's picking at the top of the draft every single year, and he has multiple first-round picks every single year. This is what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to start to see some progress. You're supposed to start to see, hey, we got some young talent here because we've turned over the entire roster, and the roster we took over was hot garbage. So, yeah, I would expect that, you know, things are going to start. He's had nine first- or second-round picks the last three years, and they haven't just been first-round picks. They've been high first-round picks, right? Like Sauce Gardner was the fourth pick in the draft. You're supposed to be really good right away when you're the fourth pick of the draft. I don't care what position you are. You're the fourth pick in the draft, and it was a good draft this year. It wasn't one of those ones where, oh, yeah, I'm not really sure if these guys are going to – no, this is a pretty deep draft this year. There's a lot of guys that are contributing right away. But it's almost like, you know, look at all the young – talent. you know, how did Joe Douglas swing this with this draft this year? Sauce Gardner was the fourth pick. Brees Hall's been incredible so far. Garrett Wilson had one game where everybody was making him out like he's going to be Jerry Rice. He's had 14 catches since then. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, you know, he's been kind of banged up and whatnot, not really made that much of an impact. So I don't know if I'm getting caught up in all the hoopla surrounding the Jets, but I do think that this is a game that the Jets absolutely should win. And, And really, I'm not expecting so much out of the offense. I just take a look at what the defense has been able to do the consistent pressure they have been able to get and now going up against another backup quarterback, even if he wasn't the backup quarterback, even if it were Russell Wilson, I still think that this is a game that the Jets should be able to go out there and get. And and even being a road game, even against a team that I think is pretty talented on offense, they have not been able to do anything on offense. So and, and I'm not saying that the Jet offense against the Bronco defense, that defense, you, you, you can watch him. Uh, they, they have some players and I'm not saying that they're gonna move the ball at will and it's gonna be forty to nothing, but I just think defensively the Jets should be able to control this game. So I expect them to go out there and get a win. Now the other story about the Jets this week, obviously, was the Elijah Moore story. Not happy with his role, not happy with his uh contribution so far. At first tweeted out about it, and when he did, the Jets kinda, you know, backed him up in that, you know, weren't gonna crush him. Salah was on with uh, the case show on Monday and said, you know, he's a young player and we've talked to him and, you know, we got to make sure his head's in the right spot. But um, let's not come down too hard on him. You know, he, he it's not he's not he's not putting himself over the team. It's just that he's frustrated with what he has been able to contribute so far. And he just wants the best for the team and himself. But then after that's over and I think kind of everybody was I don't think anybody was blowing Elijah Moore up until the, the the request for the trade came down. And once that comes down, like, once you have a do-over on a clear mistake, it's impossible to defend more on this one. You know, Sports Talk Radio thrives on, on having debate, having two sides of an argument. There's no two sides here. There's no two sides when it comes to Elijah Moore not being happy with his role in the offense, and the Jets are winning games for the first time in forever, certainly the first time since he's been on the team. There's no way that you can have Elijah Moore get a do-over and then double, basically double down on his production being more important than the team winning games. I mean, he comes across. There's no other way to put it. He comes across as a complete tool. And you know, I I I thought good things about Elijah Moore. He does seem like, when you've seen him in the past, that there he looks like a good emerging player. But, I mean, let's not get carried away. He had three good games last year. Three really good games. Three games that you're like, okay, this guy's going to be a real player. It was the Colts game. It was the Miami game. It was the Philly game. Colts, he went 7 for 84 with two, touchdown, two touchdowns. Miami, he went 8 for 141 and a score. And then he had the Philly game where he went 6 for 77. I think he also scored a touchdown in that game as well. The Jets lost those those three games by 40 points. So I mean I would just simply ask him like it's incredible that you could have I would have to assume the amount of people that Elijah Moore has surrounding him and he could still have this clueless of a take and allow it to get out to the public like and again he got it one time the coach kind of backed him up and said no no it's 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 not that big a deal and then he kind of doubled down on it. I mean, there's no, like, to request a trade. It would be one thing if he came out and said, you know what? I was wrong. Uh, you know, I was just kind of heated. Uh, I'm just frustrated. I got one target. I'm, I'm, I'm putting in the work, and I just want to be able to help contribute to the team. I'm happy that we're winning. But, you know, I just want to feel like more of a part of it. And I think, again, nobody crushed him when he first had the tweet. But when you double down on it, everybody's going to crush you because you're 100% wrong, 100% wrong. So I would just simply say if the Jets want to help him, Maybe get him a burner account. Like maybe he needs like a Twitter burner account like KD, right? So then he could get to share his thoughts online because he feels like he needs to get that that release, that outlet. But then at least people don't know it's him. That might be a better way to go. I'm not sure. All right, let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Jason is in the Bronx. Jason, you're next up on the Gordon Damer Show.
3: Hey, good evening, G. How's it going tonight?
1: I'm good, Jason. What's going on?
3: Hey, listen. Um, I was listening to you about you know the whole Jets and everything else, and I'm a little worried about this weekend. I think it's a trap game. I think that the Jets are going go there thinking that, you know, they're hot stuff. They want a couple of good games. But um, if they don't do what they're supposed to do and go in there with the right mindset, the Broncos can just run all over them because they are susceptible to the run the first.
1: I mean, Denver is a talented team. Uh, They do have uh, good talent on both sides of the ball. And thanks for the phone call, Jason. And it is surprising that they've been this inept. And can I envision a scenario now with the backup quarterback that Denver says, you know what, we're going to focus more on the run game and try to take advantage of, you know, maybe a jet weakness. I could see that being a possibility. I could see that being a possibility. But, again, it is a backup quarterback. And it's not – I wouldn't even say it's like one of the higher-end backup quarterbacks in Brett Rippon. So I think the Jet defense should have enough that they can hold them in a spot where Denver is not going to put up big-time points no matter what the game plan is. Uh, And, you know, you have to – this is part of the learning curve, right? Like you have a big game next week against New England, which I'm sure some guys are circling, and then you get Buffalo after that. So I can see what you're saying about a trap game, but – Denver has been this bad that if you're the Jets, you have to be able to go out there and establish what you think you've established, right? Like the pass rush that you have put together here and the defense that you've been able to put together. This is another bad offense. Like, you were, look at what you were able to do to Green Bay. And Green Bay, they, while they've struggled offensively, they are light years better than what Denver has done. Um, Denver has been just absolutely anemic offensively. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, the Jets are not anybody – uh to to take anybody lightly at this point even with the three straight wins so uh, i get what you're saying because y- you could take a look at you know if if this team had a little bit more of a history with new for these guys i don't think that they look at new england as being some some rivalry matchup even though they the way they beat them down last year because there's just so many young players on this team they don't have the history with new england so i don't look at it as you know generally when you when you say a trap game it's the following week is that team that, you know, has beaten you and has, has, has beaten you up in the past. I don't know that these guys, they're, they're so young. I don't know if they have that history with New England and they look at them that way. So I don't know that it can necessarily be a trap game. But look, road game. Denver has been good in the past. And you have to be able to um, go out there and, and get the job done. Uh, let's go out to, uh, let's see here. Bill is in, Bill, uh, is in Belmore. That was, that was, that was a tongue twister. Bill is in Belmore. You're next up on the Gordon Damer Show, Bill. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, Bill. What's going on?
3: So, uh, I was listening, and I just heard you mention a uh, burner account for Elijah Moore. Yeah. Actually, it has been found. I was, you know, scrolling on Jets Twitter this morning, and uh, some big Jets fans accounts had found an account that uh, is allegedly an Elijah
1: Moore burner. Is that right? And he was just retweeting <laughs> I didn't notice tape. that.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's actually, you know, it had, uh, there was one tweet from the Jets press on Twitter that uh-huh. had uh, close to 10,000 retweets, and he actually found... Uh, Elijah Moore's burner account that he was tweeting, and and it was just you know absolutely ripping apart the Jets. And he had a tweet um, about Sauce Gardner's tweet that said uh, it was like a Bible quote that Sauce had tweeted, and uh, he replied to it saying uh, you should uh, you should look out for your teammates and protect your teammates. So uh, wow, I, uh, I had no you know what I did not go tweet.
1: I was not really on Twitter today. I just kind of tw- I just uh, I just searched it. Yeah, Elijah Moore created a burner account. Uh, and it was uh, pro him and had to delete it. Wow. That's, that's crazy. I was just yeah, kind of, sure, I was almost yeah. half if joking. Like, head you, head I mean, if you're going to put head a head burner head account, head. you have to do it a little bit better than that. That's crazy. Yeah. That's very funny. Thanks for the, thanks for the info bill. Yeah. I mean, that, that just shows you, man, the, the internet is, is undefeated, man. They just, uh, they just search things. I mean, the amount of free time people have. Wow. And, uh, that, that account, I think it's David Stein uh has been uh has been deleted wow that's crazy he's got to you know what they got to hook him up with kd kd has a bunch of them and uh is, is able to to hide them um a lot better than that this is uh, this is a problem i mean if this guy is this like in his own head oof, this is this is not a good situation and i get it you know jets are not just going to simply trade a guy away because they're not going to be able to uh to uh Get what they think is farmac market value, like you've seen with with Denzel Mims. They haven't traded him away. Uh, they have and they've not just released him, which you you would have thought would have been the way that they have would have gone. But um, wow, that's that's so funny. Uh, Chris is in Long Island. I think Chris wants to say the same thing. Chris, what you got, man?
3: Yeah, and Bill just stole my thunder, man. I was about to just tell you that that he already got blown up for it. But uh, I can I can I can come up with a new thing. So listen. I mean, this isn't really like Denzel Mims. It seems like Eli is going to be gone sooner than later. But, you know, there's another more in Carolina. Why don't we just try to see if we can work something out? Young control, but more for the better, more that's guaranteed a decent contract.
1: Uh well look I mean uh, Carolina certainly is having a uh, a fire sale it seems like uh, with the, the move with uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey and everything else more, you know? yeah D- DJ Moore I mean he's a very talented player is is certainly not had a very good uh, quarterback situation there and uh,
3: they get a young controllable player he gets his twenty targets on a, on a really bad team and he can you know he can, he can go tweet about how awesome he is all the time.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 Chris, I think it's, it seems like, and thanks for the phone call. It seems like that's what he's kind of focused on, right? Um, I, I mean, I was just, I was literally kidding. I was not being serious about uh, him setting out a a burner account, uh, and I think he would have to have to do a better job of, of kind of hiding that. Um, but uh, wow, uh, that that is not a good uh, as bad as the comments were. That's almost like in some ways a worse. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're a professional football player. Don't you have enough things to focus? Well, clearly not. Clearly not. He's not focused on the right things and the things that he's focused on. Oh boy, that's a bad look. That's a, that's a really bad look. 1 800 919 ESPN is the telephone number 1 800 919 3776. Coming up more, your phone calls on the Jets, more on Elijah Moore. We'll get into the Giants as well. Lots to do, and it's the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York.
0: This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Uh, Not good at the stadium. Yankees, Astros going at it, and the Astros have grabbed a 2-0 lead. A home run. Look at that. The Astros hit a home run. I would have figured if you told me the Astros had a 2-run lead, what they would have done was – They would have had a 15-pitch at bat that resulted in a walk. They would have then stole a base. They would have then bunted the runner over. And then, because of the pressure that they put on the uh, defense, they would have then got a single that scored the run, and the single would have led to another run somehow. But no, actually, turns out it was just a two-run home run. That's how they score runs. Chaz McCormick, bottom of the order, getting the job done. This, after an error by Harrison Bader in center field, cut in front of uh, Aaron Judge, had the ball in his glove for a second, and then dropped it. And then shortly after that, it was uh, that was on Vasquez, the catcher, who, uh, who can't hit. <laughs> he was a defensive catcher, and yet the guy's constantly on base. Uh, and then Chaz McCormick goes the other way, just over the wall in right, a little Yankee Stadium special that is not all that special for Yankee fans right now. So the uh, Astros leading it two nothing. Cole giving up another home run. Uh, The home run is obviously his fault. Shouldn't have been another guy on base. But look, at the end of the day, he's the ace. He's got to pick things up and did not pick things up there. So the Astros, an early 2-0 lead. The Yankees have their work cut out for themselves so far. Bottom of the second inning, Yankees still looking for their first hit. So not ideal there uh, either or either. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. We're talking about the Jets. I was just going through that – that, that burner account that people are tying to, um, to uh, Elijah Moore. And, and look, it's all, it's all circumstantial, but, I mean, at the end of the day, whoever runs that account deleted that account after it was pointed out that it was Elijah Moore's uh, burner account. That doesn't necessarily make it so, but you, you took a look. I was looking at some of the responses constantly. Def- that was all it was doing was just uh, defending Elijah Moore. As such a weird thing that people have to do it a not like they weren't he wasn't even focused on anything else on the account he just felt like he had to get this out into the internet isn't that a weird response like dude if you ever needed any more evidence that you're focused on the wrong things oh my god go get somebody to talk to keep it private and i guess he thought it was private because it was but again you're you're talking to absolute strangers that you will never meet in your life and you're looking for their approval what a weird thing and somebody like recorded like they scroll down throughout it so it's like a video that you, you you go through if that is elijah moore's man that that might even be worse it just keeps getting worse right like the first thing about tweeting out about h- him wanting to be the bigger focus that was bad the organization kind of defended him there and talked to him and you think all right it's settled then he comes out with a trade request, which makes him look even worse. Look, I mean, how can you defend him at that point? And now you find out that there possibly could be this, I'm sure he'll deny it, but is it really that much of a stretch to think it's possibly? I don't, I don't know. Not not a good look. And for a guy who I think Jet fans were really excited about coming into the season, man, he's been able to, and, and, and a season where Jet fans are happy. Why wouldn't you be happy? You won three games in a row. You're sitting at four and two. The season is very much right now in front of you. And with the landscape of the AFC and how you've played, you kind of feel like, you know what? It's not just that we're better. We might actually be good. And we might actually be a playoff team. And to think, here's a guy. You would almost think it would be impossible for a guy that Jet fans really liked coming into the season. The team is having a good season. And somehow he has, by his own actions, taken that and completely soured it, where I think the overall reaction of jet fans is get this guy off our team that's that's pretty impressive to be able to take that turn like they did Uh, all right so let's focus in on the Giants a little bit as well 1-800-919 ESPN is the telephone number Giants Jaguars this week and look it's very similar to the Jets this is a game if you're a Giant fan that you are expecting to win now it is a road game a lot of the same things go but the Jaguars are not as talented as the Broncos Now, the Jaguars have probably played better overall than the Broncos, but that's more of an indictment of the Broncos than the Jaguars. But you take a look at where things stand with the Giants right now, your next four games. If you are not three and one in these next four games, it will be seen as a disappointment. Two and two would be a disappointment. To follow up Jaguars, excuse me, to follow up Packers Ravens with Jaguars and Seahawks and not to be... Coming out of at least with one of those wins, because then after that, you get the Texans and the Lions. There's no there's really no team that's going to be not be disappointed by losses to the Texans and the Lions. So, yeah, it's all right there in front of you. And I know that a lot of, you know, the conversation surrounding the Giants has largely been about coaching and how great of a job that Brian Dable has done. And that is true. But I think that it's kind of been lost a little bit in it that the players have executed the gameplay. You could have the greatest coach in the world who has the greatest game plans in the world. If the players don't execute that game plan, it doesn't really matter how great of a coach you are. And to get the players to buy in in an organization, that it would be you could understand like guys being like, I don't know if I'm going to be here long term. There's going to be a lot of turmoil after the season. But to get them to buy in, it's been very impressive what the Giants have been able to do so far. So. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of the same thing with the Jets. You have now taken it to a level when you win games like the Giants have won against the Packers and the Ravens, and now it's Jaguars, Seahawks, Texans, and Lions. Yeah, the expectations have changed. You know, when you beat the Packers in London and you rally for that win the way they did, everybody all agreed. Well, you know what? I kind of look at the Giants differently. Well, this is part. This is the offshoot of looking at them differently. It's it's expecting some wins against teams that are not as good as you are record-wise. If if you are what your record says you are, well, then you are better than the Jaguars. You are better than the Seahawks. You are better than the Lions. You're better than the Texans. You have to be able to go out there and get some wins. And if you only end up 2-2, two and two, that will be a disappointment. That will be a disappointment. One other thing that, uh, I mean, Giant fans are so giddy right now that uh, sometimes they get carried away. Not nearly to the level of Jet fans. Jet fans, they get carried away almost immediately. Giant fans... Only some of them have gotten carried away. And one of the ones that I've heard, and somebody called up this week with it, and I've seen it some other places. You know, maybe we got to give Dave Gettleman a little bit of credit. Maybe Dave Gettleman was not so bad, right? Like he drafted Saquon Barkley, and that is primarily our offense right now. He's he's played great and has looked like the player that you thought you were getting four years ago. Uh, He also drafted Daniel Jones. Andrew Thomas was one of his picks. Maybe, Maybe Dave Gettleman was not so bad. You're not serious, right? Like you're, you're, I mean, this is a troll job, right? Yeah, those, those picks have been good so far this year. Uh, what about everything else? <laughs> what, what else are we going to give credit to, to Dave Gettleman? Here's the thing. He was picking at the top of the draft every single year, and we were all in agreement the Giants are not a talented roster. And it's almost the type of thing where if we're all in agreement that Brian Dable is doing this amazing job because he does not have a very talented roster, Well, then that means by default that Dave Gettleman did not do a good job because you weren't really able to do anything this offseason because of the job that Dave Gettleman. He was absolutely that bad. So, no, there's no revisionist history. Dave Gettleman, no, it's not that we maybe should give Dave Gettleman credit that he was not that bad. He was that bad. He was actually worse than that bad. He was terrible. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Will is in Roxbury. Will, you're next up on the Gordon Damer Show.
3: Hey, Gordon, how are you? How I'm are you good, going? man. What's going on? Hey, let me ask you something. Uh, I, I'm going to give you an example. So I'm going to take the Giants logo away from the Giants, right? I'm right. going to take that away. And I'm gonna and, uh, and that particular team is going to win. the road at Tennessee is going to beat the Packers and the Ravens back-to-back, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I guarantee you, all the media – it's gonna I know was gonna say. Wow, that's a that is a Super Bowl contender team. Yeah, you put the logo back on the Giants. well, they're lucky. They don't know how to win. they uh, you know their roster is no good. How the hell these sort of so 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 called experts know that the roster is no good? I mean, I mean you know you win five games. I mean you know you know Lamar Jackson did not You know you know how many times Lamar Jackson. Uh, completes that pass where he just throws it and then somehow the Titans catches the ball? No, Julian Love made a great play. You know how many times he runs around and then throws the ball? No. Kevin Thibodeau slapped the ball. So, you know what I'm saying? Eventually it gets ridiculous because I don't know how the Giants are a three-and-a-half-point underdog against, you know, the Jacksonville Gi- I mean, any other team that beat the Tennessee Titans, the the uh, uh, the Packers and the, and the Ravens back to back. They never will never be underdogs. So there's something going on. I guess you know what happened. You know what the easiest thing is to say. Well, Daniel Jones stinks and the Giants stink. So
1: that's the easiest. No, easy, I don't. I, I think it's more complex than that. Well, I get it. And, and look, well, if you're a Giant yeah. fan, uh, uh, thanks yeah. for the call. Uh, who cares? Who care? Who cares what, what, if you're an underdog? Like, why do you care? Win the games, that's all that matters. I mean, it, uh, maybe it's because we're, we're, we're football fans and we love it so much that we just, we almost figure out ways to be miserable. Like I saw, uh, was it, uh, yeah, the Giants offensive line, pro football focus has rated the Giants offensive line as not be like, like they're the 25th best or however they, ra- who cares? Why would you care? Why do we concoct all these things to make ourselves upset When the team is winning, that's all that matters. So don't worry that the Giants are a three-point underdog. But I do think that it has to do with the fact, you know, like we're all sold on it now. He's sold on it now, but you're a Giant fan. The betting public still probably does not believe in the Giants because they're not the most star-studded roster. They're not the most talented roster, but they're getting the job done. But I think that that's what it comes down to is that most people look at the Giants. I think the Giants have led the least amount of time for a team that's won as many games as they've won. They've not led for many of their their games. they win in the fourth quarter, which is great. But when you're talking about the betting public, it's not like the Giants are blowing people away. And I guess people just kind of think that they don't really buy into the Giants as of yet. To be fair, most of us here who have watched the Giants each and every week have not really bought in until the last couple of weeks. It was not until the Packer win... And then the Ravens win that most of us, if it wasn't after the Packer win, it was after the Ravens win. So it's not like we've all of a sudden, it's not like we've been on the bandwagon the entire time. we just gotten here. So you really can't complain about other people not getting on it just as, just as quickly as you have. So, And here's the thing. If you think it's so wrong, you think it's so out of line, that's free money. Go pop on your app, whatever app you got. If it's three, if it's three and a half. And go make some money for you. If it's so wrong, put your money where your mouth is. I think it's wrong. I believe in the Giants. I said, if they they can beat the Ravens, then I'm buying in. I said about the Jets, if they can go beat the Packers, I'm buying in. So this week, both teams, I think people are kind of surprised by what the lines have been. I don't know what the Jet line is at last check. I think it's a point and a half. People haven't bought into the Jets and the Giants publicly yet that's your chance. Maybe you're right, but you got to go put your money where your mouth is and go back it up. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up next, the best at picking NFL games, the best host at picking NFL games on this entire station. It's me. I'll give you my picks for week seven coming up next right here on the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York.
0: This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: All right, Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM ESPN New York. The number, of course, you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. But it is that time, people. It is time once again for our NFL pick. So hit the music. So just to recap, week seven, right? Last week, another winning week, but actually kind of a disappointing week for me. I was only three and two. Which you say, "Oh, look, it's a winning week. It's a winning week." Yes, but it had the chance to be 4 and 1. It had to be a chance to be a 5 and 0 week. Could have put some more ground between us and the competition. Now, as you may know, all the hosts on the station, every single host on the station are making their picks every single week on the Cover 5 app. It's a free app. You download it from the App Store. You pick 5 games a week. You have a chance to win some cash. You can join our group by joining NY22. Now, you might be saying to yourself, well, Gordon, uh, who is, uh, out of all the hosts, who's lead? Well, that would be me, of course. Now, again, it was a disappointing week last week, so I dropped some ground, but still, 73rd place for the season. You're like, 73rd place? You're crowing about 73rd place? Well, there's like 1,600 people in the group, so 73rd is not great, it's not the best, but it's the best of the station hosts, and really, that's all I care about. I just want to make sure I beat every single other host on the station. It's not me about, uh, you know, random stranger. It's not about beating Bill's Mafia 6969, you know? It's not about beating Booty Butt Cheeks. I'm beating both of them too, but it's more important that I make sure that I beat all the hosts on the station. Now you might be saying, "All right, well you're you're winning, but where is everybody else?" Interesting you may ask. I just so happen to do the research. Right now, as I said, I'm in 73rd place. Don eighty fourth still very good. Rick D Pietro solid third. He's at one eighty still. I mean, out of sixteen hundred people, one eighty is not bad. Then the drop off starts to come. Michael K of one of his two entries, the Kester at two hundred nine. Okay, Dave. Woof, Dave is really falling. I mean, you want to talk about stump Rothenberg? Rothenberg's been stumped. He's at four thirty three. Dan Grossa four eighty three. My compatriot Larry hardesty hes in the 700s. We won't get into the specifics. I'll just say 700s—that's enough. And then Michael K offshoots the uh, the Kester, which is not too bad, with his Michael K entry, which is at 824. I know the uh, the playoffs are going on. Maybe his focus is not. And then you have Rosenberg. He is clearly pacing himself. He's at 902. Now you're probably saying, you know, you're only bringing this up because you're in first place. Yeah, yeah. A very wise man once told me, if you if, if you don't toot your own horn, sometimes there is no music. But you know the music, that's time for the NFL pick. So let's get to them. Week 7, let's start it off. Giants at the Jaguars. Giants on the Cover 5 app are plus 3. Well, I've said before, I did not buy the, the Giants against the Packers. I did not buy the Giants against the Ravens. And I don't really think that they're a legitimate 5-1 and one team, but... You are what your record says you are. They are 5-1. And more importantly, if I'm not buying the Giants, I'm certainly not buying the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence has been awful against pressure this year, and I think the Giants will be able to bring pressure against him. So the Giants, even though they're on the road, plus the points, give me Big Blue. Speaking of on the road, speaking of New York football, the Jets at Denver also plus three. Here's the thing. If you don't have three wins at this point of the season, you stink. You can come up with whatever rationalization you want. You're terrible. You have no shot. Your season is over, and uh, I'm not going to buy you. And, And certainly, if I'm not buying most teams that don't have three wins, I'm certainly not buying the Broncos. They are legit awful. Their offense is horrendous to watch. And, like, you have to ask yourself, what the heck happened to Russell Wilson? Man, he is horrendously – I mean, I know he's learning a new offense. What language is the offense? Is it in another language that they need to translate? Go to Google Translate and translate it into English. Whoa, that's been bad. So here's the thing. The Jets have been winning games with their defense, with their running game, and as long as they stick to the game plan, I don't see any reason why they can't do that in Denver. The Jet defense might score more points than the Bronco offense. That's how bad they have been. So, yeah, I know, you know, young team on the road again, second week in a row, possibility of a little bit of a letdown, especially after a a big couple of emotional wins. But I think the Jets are going to be able to win another one in Denver. And give me the Jets plus the three. And if the Jets do win, I'm sure Elijah Moore will be very disappointed. I mean, I need the football. Who cares about these wins alone? Moving on. Raiders home for the Houston Texans. Well, look, I I said if you don't have three wins, you stink. Vegas has got one win. They have four losses by 14 points combined. And it's a combination, I think, of bad coaching, a little bad luck. But here's the thing. The Raiders stink. But it's not like Houston's anything to write home. I mean, they legitimately – there's a reason they stink. They don't really have a lot of talent. The Raiders are loaded with talent, and at some point – Vegas has got to get a get-right game. I think this is the game, and I think Vegas rolls, even though they are favored by a touchdown. Give me the Raiders facing off against the Texans. Moving on. You know, in gambling, in, in picking games, you have certain things that you fall into either by choice, by chance, whatever, and they work. And as long as they keep working, you stick with them. I have made a ton of ground here by betting against my own team, because betting against my own team, I know they're losers, even though they do have three wins. So this week, Dolphins home for Pittsburgh. Dolphins favored by a touchdown. Two is back. Kenny Pickett's up in the air. Could be Mitch Trubisky. I don't think the Steelers... Look, the Steelers have flaws. But one area that they don't have flaws is with their head coach. Their head coach... Does a very good job of getting his team prepared, in games, staying in games. And if you can give me Mike Tomlin plus seven points, even on the road, I will take it just about every single time. And here's the thing. Dolphins, they're desperate for a win, but, I mean, favored by a touchdown. Just getting two a back, you think, favored by a touchdown. Their defense is horrible. The Dolphins have injuries all over the place. So, no, absolutely, I am taking Pittsburgh plus the points in Miami, and it would not shock me at all if one of the storylines after this game is a little revenge for one Brian Flores, the former head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And then finally, my fifth game, I kind of struggled to find a fifth game, but when all else is lost, if I can find the Chiefs against really anybody and they're not favored by more than six, I'm going to lean that way. I hate picking against Kansas City. I did it last week. I uh, had to because I just thought the Bills were that much better, and that game was a complete coin flip, right? Right right down to the end. This week, I don't think it's a coin flip. Kansas City at the Niners. Chiefs are minus three. Look, the Niners are super banged up on defense right now, and the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. You know, think about all the conversation we had before the season and the offseason about the AFC West. Oh, man, that AFC West. How, who's going to win it? Is it going to be the Chargers? Is it going to be the Ray? It's going to be the Chiefs. It's always going to be the Chiefs. They're still the best team. They were the best team. They get rid of Tyreek Hill. They're still the best team. So I think Kansas City, coming off a loss, going into San Francisco, is able to put up points against a banged-up Niners defense and cruises to a win over San Francisco. Okay, so those are your Week 7 picks. In the NFL, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, more of the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM and the all-new ESPN New York app.
0: This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Yankees still looking for their first hit. Yankees are straight, shaking up the strategy today. What they're going to do is they're going to save all their hits for one inning. Get your home have, runs, yeah? Yeah, they're gonna have, it's going to have maximum impact. Smart. That's a smart plan. Now, unfortunately, at this rate, it feels like it's going to be the 17th inning, which is not going to take place that the Yankees are saving all their hits for. They do have one base runner on a Glaber Torres walk. But here's the good news for all the people who told me all oh, 30 strikeouts in the two games. They've struck out three times today. Still have not done anything offensively. It's almost like the strikeouts really aren't a, a real indicator of whether or not they're good at bats or bad at bats. Hits are a far better indicator. If we could replace the strikeouts with hits, I'm all for that. Uh, But I don't really care about the strikeouts if it's not going to bring about some form of offense. I'm not going to get crazy. I'm much more worried about the fact they're not getting any hits rather than what form the outs take. I would prefer to have some hits here relatively soon. Garrett Cole gave up the two-run home run uh, after an error by uh, Harrison Bader. So that's not great either. But uh, struck out five so far in this game. And here's the thing. I hope if this is going to go the way it looks like it's going, I hope every Yankee hitter strikes out every single time. Let me repeat that. I hope every batter the Yankees have the rest of this series. If they're going to lose the series, if it's, if it's a foregone conclusion, they're going to lose the series. I hope every single guy strikes out. This not way, great, Bob. No, not great, Bob. But then at least it cannot be made uh, an argument that yeah you know what we were just missing Lemayhew and we were just missing you know uh, Benatendi if we had had those guys I would much rather it be a blowout than close and we have been talking for five years about the Yankees in the postseason be it against the Astros be it against anybody and what has been the primary reason that they have not been able to advance the World Series or win a World Series the offense. Fails at the biggest times. Certainly been true in this series so far, and it's been true in the past as well. So maybe if every single Yankee strikes out the rest of the way, maybe then the powers at be will say, "You know what? It's not just about building a team that's good enough for the regular season. It's about building a better offense, one that is not just top heavy, one that does not rely on castoffs from other organizations." for major contributions be it this year with Matt Carpenter be it last year with Rugnit Odor and make sure that you have major league hitters up and down the lineup if this Yankee offense fails this will probably be the least surprising failure of a Yankee offense during this five-year run let's put it that way a couple other things before we go back to the phones 1-800-919-ESPN that popped up this week the whole thing with Dan Snyder Uh, with Washington, the commanders, and whether or not the owners are going to force him out, force him to sell, whatever. If I were an NFL owner, I would want Dan Snyder to stay forever. I wouldn't want him to ever leave. A, if I'm in his division, like if I'm the Giants, I know that guy's never going to win. He's been there for, what, 25 years? He's never done anything. He could be there for another 25. the, The organization is so dysfunctional with him running it. You could make the argument like he is the biggest impediment to his own happiness that anybody has ever had. He's supposedly this big Washington fan. They've done nothing, nothing with him as the owner. Like the best move he could do if he really wanted the team to be good would to be get rid of himself. But if I were another NFL owner, I would want him to stay forever. He's like the guy that enters your fantasy football league and is 1-6 after seven. Every, every year makes terrible picks. Every year does stupid things. And every year is basically just making a contribution to the fund. That's Dan Snyder. And while he is an embarrassment with certain things that goes on with that organization, if I'm another owner, I'm like, well, at least I'm not as bad as him. I can always point to him being like, well, you can, you can complain about me as an owner because we've never won a Super Bowl, we've never had success, whatever. At least I'm not Dan Snyder. So I would want that guy to stay forever. I would never force that guy out. If I'm a Giant fan, the last thing I want is for, Washington to, for him to sell Washington. They might actually get somebody who knows what he's doing. I don't need that. I don't need that in my division. I need, I need more. I want Dan Snyder to buy the Cowboys, too, if I'm the Giants. <laughs> buy Philadelphia. Do whatever you can. Buy all the teams. That would be fantastic. Fantastic. All right, let's go back to the phones. One 919 ESPN is the telephone number. Manny isn't flushing. Manny, you're next up on the Gordon Damer show. Hey, Gordon, how you doing, my man? I'm good, man. What's going on, Manny?
4: Good, 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 uh, man. Um, listen, look, 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 I, look. Be honest with you, I really want Daniel Snyder to leave because I think, to be honest with you, he's bad for business. Um, you know, it is. I think it is his twenty fourth year as being owner of that Washington um, franchise. I mean. He's arguably the worst owner in the sport because of. What oh, it's not. I don't even think it's arguable.
1: Just, I think he definitely the worst owner of the sport. But if I'm as I long mean, as I'm not a Washington fan, what do I care?
4: Thank God, thank God. I mean, yeah. I know that people give Dolan problems, but at least Dolan, in his first year, believe it or not, he actually the Knicks were actually in the finals in his first <laughs> tenure. But in, speaking of the Knicks, how you feel about them in the first two games?
1: Well, I mean, look, uh, you know, I have not – I've been so focused on the Yankees. I've had the games on. I've, I've tried to keep up with them, but my focus is obviously diverted. I watched them last night against the Pistons, and <laughs> they did exactly what you're supposed to do to the Pistons. And, um, hey, look, it's one game. I'll, we'll we'll kind of yeah. judge it as the season goes along, but it's just nice to know now you're not really questioning what you're doing at point guard. You have a legitimate point guard. And I'm- at least – I mean, the, the upgrade that the Knicks made – from last year this time to this year this time, in terms of the point guard, is night and day. So, um, yeah. you know, when when they signed Brunson, a lot of people were like, you know, I don't know if he's worth that money. You gave him too much, blah, blah, blah. He probably did, but it's nice to have you an actual know, person leading the of, offense and yeah. running the offense for a change.
4: You know, I'm getting sick of to take a top of and say he doesn't deserve the money. Man, dude, because of the world we live in now, the NBA contract, I've seen a, a guy who wasn't, like, what, what, what um like, like, but won't like be the best if he is got like 100 million. I mean, it's like the new age right now. I mean, guys get signed 100 million dollars despite the fact he couldn't even produce a lick of anything. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I, we'll we'll judge it as it goes along. And Manny, thanks for the phone call. You know, the first night, obviously, um, against the Grizzlies, um, uh, RJ had a, a very tough shooting night. Uh, quickly had a very tough shooting night. You know, last night. Probably not the best indication of of real true competition. Although I think the didn't the Pistons win their first game. I thought the Pistons were going to be terrible this year, and it, it feels like this. If there's ever been a tank year, this is the tank year with that kid uh, Wembenaya or whatever, however you pronounce it, who looks like when you like play a video game and you go into the leagues, you go into the settings and you create your own player, and you're like, I'm going to make him eight feet tall, and I'm going to make him 140 pounds. He looks like a creative player, and it, it seems like everybody's falling all over themselves to get him, although, I mean, he's incredibly talented, and he's incredibly tall, and I'm sure that far more research has been done on him than, than I have done so far, clearly, but just his body type, you know, certain guys, just, you just judge it by body type. If that guy's successful and he can withstand the NBA rigors, I don't know, man, I'll be kind of surprised. Uh, he just he looks too much maybe it's uh, the Nick fan in me and Porzingis and always worried about him you know taking the wrong step and and going down uh, but I would be surprised if that guy turns out to be the th- you know they're saying he's like the best prospect since LeBron and everything else uh, I'd be very surprised if he turns out to be what people are, are expecting him to be but in terms of the Knicks it's, it looks like it's going to be a fun season I, with the Knicks they're always entertaining that's the one thing about the Knicks they're always entertaining last year they were entertaining even when they weren't good so it'll that, be a fun season to, uh, to focus on. And, you know, the Knicks, I think, high-end playoff team this year. It's a possibility that it could be – at the very least, they have to be in the play-in. And where things go from there, we shall see. They're not going to overwhelm you with the superstar talent. But, you know, in terms of a roster, they're still, they're still set up pretty well. I know the Donovan Mitchell thing didn't happen, but they still – they're far more talented than they've been in a very long time. I mean, they're a pretty deep team between Randall and um, and Brunson now, and R.J. Barrett if he can take that next step forward. Uh, Mitchell Robinson back. I like what I saw from Toppin last night again. It was a blowout type again. Cam Reddish has finally kind of found that role that you were been you've been waiting for. Derek Rose is back healthy. The kid uh, Hartenstein that they signed he's looked pretty impressive so far. I think he had like ten or eleven rebounds last night. So uh, we'll see where the next season goes. It, it's a you know, you think about how long the season is, and it's just getting started. We got to go through all the fall, all the winter, until you get to the spring. But I think the Knicks are set up pretty well. And if it does turn out that some other superstar does become available, it didn't happen with Donovan Mitchell. And I don't know that he's a superstar, but it didn't happen with Donovan Mitchell. But if that next star player becomes available, the Knicks still have the resources to be able to go and shake things up and make that move. Eventually that will happen. I don't know if it's this year, but. The group that they have right now looks like it could be a fun little group and could be uh, far closer to the uh, team that made the playoffs as the four seed than they were last year where they were kind of out of it the whole year long. All right, that's going to do it for us for today. Yankees still trailing the Astros 2-0. Islander hockey coming up. Jacob, Julian, thank you very much. I'm back Monday night along with Larry Hardesty. Hopefully the Yankee season is still going on by then, although it doesn't feel that great right now. But we shall see. Go Yankees, score some runs, and we'll see you Monday night.
0: This is The Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.